Welcome to the Reaching In Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor David. The Reaching In Podcast is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Newport News, which focuses on your spiritual growth with an emphasis on sincere devotion, lifelong discipleship, and authentic discussion. Welcome back to the Reaching In Podcast. Welcome. Happy New Year, everyone. 2021 is in full effect. Yes, it is. And we're glad to be back with you all. We are we are in a different location in the house. <laughs> so please bear with us. It may be a little bit more echoey. Well, than, I hope not. We hopefully did, not. We did um, redo David's office space so that we could now use this for our recordings. So we got some new curtains and a rug and, you know, a new cover for his table. And he got to put up his, if you're on Facebook, you might've even seen the painting that he did. Um, we put that up as well. So just trying out some new things in the new year. That's right. New year, new us <laughs> in a sense, new room at least, <laughs> new room. And perhaps uh, you have some new things that you're looking forward to in the new year. I know that 2020 was a challenging year. We know that. And uh, we're looking forward to some new things. Uh, but before we go any further, Anita, you wanted to break the ice. Well, our sticking with the series, we're going to do a series this month called God and Goals. And so, David, did you make any goals for this year? I know People have resolutions and things like that. Um, did you do any? And if so, what did you? What are you trying to achieve? Well, I guess it would be one natural and then one more spiritual. Spiritually speaking, I would love to finish my reading of the scriptures by my birthday, okay. which is in August. So I'm on, I'm on track. Um, so which is good, and I'm trying to do that in a more systematic way. I'm trying to read three different books at the same time and, you know, cause I've tried reading it from Genesis straight through and that's very challenging. Mm. Um, and I hate to say it, but sometimes it can be a little bit monotonous in some books. So I wanted to vary it up and I'm, I'm having some success with that. So I'm looking forward to completing the entirety of the scriptures uh, in by August. Okay. Um, but naturally speaking, of course, I'm a bigger guy. If you've seen me in person, I'm a large fella. And so I've always, been told to lose weight. And so I want to reach some weight loss goals by my birthday as well. As I get closer and closer to the forties, I want to make sure I hit those. So those are the two things that I'm trying to work on this year, Bible reading and weight loss. Well, you have, you have a little time for the the 40. Yeah. I'm not quite there, there, but you're only 38. So, well, thanks for putting (laughs) my age out there. Oh, you want, you want to edit that out? (laughs) I'm really 21. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm not 21. I mean, I I think I have, um, as far as just spiritual goals, there's some things that I've um, shared with you before, just about just being able to know more of the word and be able to know certain things that maybe I've heard others talk about, but just making sure that I have that is solid. It's a solid knowledge um, for myself and not just, oh, I heard or I remember, but, you know, just tightening that up, not not being so lax or or lazy when it comes to knowing God's word. But really, when I hear something or when I even share something that I can 
know exactly where that's coming from. So trying to work on that as far as a spiritual goal and then same like fitness goals, just making sure that I'm continue working out and um, this time next year, God willing, that I've hit certain milestones or goals that I have as far as my weight and fitness too. So, yes. So those of you who are listening, I'm sure you're already, you know, a little over a week into your Bible reading plan or your fitness goals, or maybe you have some other goals. Let us know in the comments, what are your goals for this year? Uh, We don't call those things resolutions or anything like that, but what are your goals? What are some things that you would like to achieve this year, 2021? Let us know in the comments so that we can encourage you so that we're aware of it. And pray for you. And definitely pray for you. Please pray for us. Yes. Uh, with the things that we're trying to achieve as well. Absolutely. So as Anita stated, we are starting a new series called God and Goals. Not gold, but goals, <laughs> like soccer goals. But um, a, a goal is a direction. It's an end toward which effort is directed. It is what we are aiming at. And so what does the Bible have to say about goals and us wanting to accomplish those things? That's kind of where we want to be in this series. And it's going to be a multi-week series. And so Anita, you wanted to tell them what the first part's going to be about. Today, we're going to focus on bodily goals, as I'll put it. You know, there's at this time of year, especially you hear more people talk about losing weight and exercising. Um, some people even talk about quitting smoking. Um, I've seen online about dry January and people Uh, fast from drinking or they don't drink for the month of January. So there's different goals that people set in the month of January, especially. And of course, Um, a plug for Calvary Chapel Newport News. We are on a month long fast where you choose one meal a day to fast from of your own choosing. Um, And you want to devote that time to prayer and to Bible reading if you can um, to lift up prayers for yourself, but also for our nation which desperately needs it and for revival in the church. So definitely want to plug that in. If you haven't been doing it, there's time for you to jump on and uh, fast with us one meal a day, but back to you, Nita. Yeah. So um, that's what today's episode is pretty much going to be about is just the goals that we set when it comes to things dealing with our bodies. And we're going to look at first Corinthians six. First Corinthians six. Through 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. And that's going to be the theme for this for this episode, the passage that people can look at. All right, so in verse 12, I'm going to start reading. It says, Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food is for the stomach, and the stomach for food and God will do away with both of them. However, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. God raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Don't you know that your bodies are a part of Christ's body? So should I take a part of Christ's body and make it part of a prostitute? Absolutely not. Don't you know that anyone joined to a prostitute is one body with her? For scripture says the two will become one flesh. But anyone joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. 
Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. Mm -hmm. And in the New King James, it adds, and in your spirit, which are God's. Yes. So at the beginning of what I read, um, this idea that everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Um, that is an idea that comes up in, when it comes to Christian liberties and Christian living. That you might hear Christians making that statement that we have liberty. We are allowed to do so much, but how often, David, do, do you think we consider the benefit of what we are doing? Yeah, obviously, you know, it's great. The first part of verse 12 is is great for all of the Christians who've grown up in legalistic homes and who've had a lot of rules thrown at them. Oh, all things are lawful. That's great. But they're not all expedient, helpful. They're not going to help me to reach those goals. And, and, and while we're talking about goals, I also want to mention it's not helpful to our relationship with Christ. Yes. Um, that's something that we don't always consider. You know, when we start new jobs, start new practices, change lifestyle things that we're doing, we don't always consider the benefit or detriment to our relationship with God. We most of the time think about, well, how much does it cost? And what we think about how it's gonna affect us directly as people, but not in our relationship with God. Perhaps we think about how it'll affect our children or our spouse or our finances, but how often do we think about, hmm, this thing may affect my relationship with God, or as the scripture says in verse 12, it might bring me under its power. Mm -hmm. Good um, point. It, it, it could cause addiction. You know, I, when I worked in the pharmacy, there were times where people had injuries, and perhaps you've, you who are listening have gone through this, where people have had injuries and they needed to be put on some very strong narcotics. And the warning always was that these are very habit forming. And so there are rules in place to make sure that people who are on these drugs don't abuse these drugs because they have addictive qualities to them. Yeah. Even someone who didn't go into it thinking, uh, I want to become a drug addict, it's the sub, when they take in the substance, they realize how habit forming it is. And before you know it, they can become an addict, you know, getting violent or angry and needing it all the time in order to cope. And so, but a lot of times you won't know how addictive something is until you get a taste of it. Yeah. And then after that, you have to deal with the repercussions, you know? And so we, you want to consider those things when you're starting any new practice or any new thing, you know, you can, we can get addicted to anything really, yes. even working out. There are people who are workout addicts. <laughs> I'm not one of them and my family does not have anyone like that at all. We do not suffer from such an ailment. And, and I know we're laughing, but you know, that isn't something that's a problem for me. However, there are some people that if they don't work out, they feel like they, they didn't live today. Yeah. You know? And that, that's just, that goes back to uh, also how we are viewing things and how we think about things too, because you know, you, that's how people who are anorexic, right. how they can continue because in their minds, they view themselves as being fat. So it's starting in their heads, but it's also affecting affecting um, them physically, affects their bodies. And as far as body goals, you know, you, we realize we live in a very image conscious society. 
you know, whether you want to lose weight or gain weight or whether you just want to transform your appearance, we do live in a society where a lot is predicated on your looks. Mm -hmm. And so by and large, most of the goals, a large percentage of you who are listening probably do want to change something. You know, ladies want to change their hair, want to change their their wardrobe or whatever, because a lot of the times we're not satisfied with how God has made us too. That's another aspect of it. Or, or we think that by changing something outwardly, it will finally bring us that inward peace or that inward joy that we're, or that inward fulfillment that we don't already have. Yeah. When I was looking at uh, verses 12 and 13, it just reminded me too of the importance of self-control. You know, just because you are able to do something, once again, it may not be beneficial for you to do it, or you may not be exercising self-control in order to do it. I was looking at David Guzik's commentary on 1 Corinthians 6, and he actually titled the chapter, Lawsuits and Loose Living. And he was saying that the Corinthians had a loose attitude when it came to uh, really sexual immorality, but they had this saying that they used, the Bible actually quotes, uh, it's food for the stomach and the stomach for foods. And it, as he put it, their attitude was give yourself whatever you want, whenever you want. Yeah. So the same way that, hey, if I, if I want this candy bar, I'm going to take it. That was their view on sex is that if I just want to have sex with a temple prostitute, well, hey, that's, that's just what I'm going to do. But the Bible has many verses on self-control and talking about the importance of being self-controlled. Um, you know, self-discipline is a gift of God. In 2 Timothy 1, 7, it says, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one way that we can show that we are, that the Holy Spirit resides in us, is that we do have discipline. We have control. Um, Proverbs 25, 28 says, like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. Yep. And you open yourself up to things, whether you realize it or not, when you aren't controlling yourself. Yep. I mean, I, there, the Corinthians believed that whatever the function was, then that should inform the practice. Mm-hmm. Like, well, my stomach is made to eat food, so I should just keep on eating food. You know, I have I have organs that help me to reproduce and to have pleasure. Well, then I should be using them. But for the Christian, function doesn't denote practice. The word of God tells us how we should function mm-hmm. and how we should use our bodies. And it's not up to us to use it however we want to. When we do find ourselves allowing the functions of our bodies and the as Chuck Smith would say, the body appetites to lead us, we're going back into a worldly, a, a Gentile way of living, a Corinthian style of living, and not the way that Jesus lived, because Jesus was under perfect control at all times, and we should aspire to do so. But it's a shame that good things can be twisted and perverted so easily. You know, food is a good thing. Yeah. It's not a bad thing, but before you know it, you can go from, thank you, Lord, for this food to gluttony, yeah. you know? Um, you know, thank you, Lord, for the relationships that I have. Thank you for this woman or this man that is a friend of mine. Before you know it, you guys have crossed the line. And so, um, you know, our bodies have a lot of control and a lot of power 
um, and we have to rein it in by the spirit of God. We can't do that. And if you're listening right now and you're, maybe you suffer with some of the, when I say suffer, maybe you're struggling with some of these body appetites. Maybe you, you do have an improper relationship with food, or maybe you have given yourself over to sexual immorality in some way, shape or form. Know that God is not expecting you to use your own uh, willpower. You know, the world tells you try harder. Um, God tells you try Jesus. There's a difference, you know. God is not asking you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. He's asking you to submit and surrender so that he can give you the power to overcome these hungers that are vying for your attention, that are vying for your affection. So kind of got ahead of me on that. Sorry. We'll we'll get back to that in a second. So still with um, this idea that everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. um, You know, I mentioned earlier that some people are trying to quit smoking, but Pastor David, Uh does the Bible say that we cannot smoke? I mean, I think, I mean, we have, it does talk about obeying the laws of the land. And as long as you're 18 and over, you are able to smoke cigarettes. And we've even got laws changing about smoking weed. I I truly believe that where the Bible is silent, we should be silent, but also where the Bible gives us principles, those are the principles we should live by. And we just read here that we're not to do anything that is going to bring us under power or mastery. So if there's something that is addictive in my life, I should not be doing it no matter how innocuous it might be. You know, it could be, you know, a particular brand of potato chip, so to speak, that I just, I'm addicted to. When I eat this, I eat the whole bag. For me, as a Christian, in order to honor God with my body, I'm going to abstain from that particular chip. And I know this is a kind of a very surfacey example, but I'm just saying, if smoking if I'm brought under the power of weed, if I'm brought under the power of these cigarettes, nicotine, whatever, then God will say that that's not lawful because you're supposed to be filled with the spirit and under my control, not under the control of a substance, Mm -hmm. no matter how legal or illegal it is. Obviously, if it's illegal, you're, you're breaking a different law, which is to obey the laws of the land. And so that you have to deal with. But even if it's legalized, you have to consider the power and mastery of that thing. And a lot of times, if you can't live without it or do without it, or if you go through withdrawal symptoms, or if you get in a funk, if you don't have it, chances are that thing has you and that is not lawful. Well, I think that that God expects us to use common sense and wisdom when it comes to things as well. I don't think we get to exclude those things. Um, For example, me personally, in doing research and trying to lose weight and reading about even just processed foods and how unhealthy they can be, I realized that I'm going to be held accountable for the knowledge that I have. Any pack of cigarettes you pick up has a warning label on it that lets you know the dangers of smoking. You can do a Google search and you can read about the dangers of smoking and how it can cause lung cancer and all these other things. And so, Once again, it's not to condemn anybody. If you struggle with smoking, I'm not trying to condemn you, but I am trying to let you know that God is going to hold us accountable for the knowledge that we have about things. And he does expect us to use wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so if we are smoking, we can't claim ignorance later as though we didn't know that it's not the best habit to have. It's not the best thing for us. It's not the best thing for our family. We know about the dangers of secondhand smoke as well. 
And so it's one of those things where I would encourage anyone who does struggle with smoking or eating junk or whatever it is that you know the dangers of these things, please begin to give those things over to God in prayer. Get other people to pray for you. Get that accountability that you need so that you can use the wisdom that God is giving you. Yeah. And the addictiveness, obviously the information is out there, yet there are still many people that are still slaves to this thing mm -hmm. and to many and it's things. It's hard. I mean, it is hard. And I'm so, not going to act like it's easy. And so it's it, so the right information isn't enough. As we can well see, we are a very well-informed society. Information alone isn't going to do it. Um, sometimes even the repercussions of it aren't enough because there are people carrying around oxygen tanks and they still are smoking. Like you yeah. have felt the repercussions of it, yet you still are a slave to these, to this thing. And so we know that only Jesus can break those bonds and those shackles. And there's something that you're getting from this thing, this practice, this substance that God wants to give you that won't have any need of repentance. You won't have to have guilt. You won't have to have shame and you don't have to harm yourself and others to do it. And that's one of the things that we want to encourage you with, because whatever it is that Satan is advertising, God has something far greater for you. And the fact that you are settling for what is second best or third best, or, and which is outright sin, God has something better for you than sexual immorality, than smoking, than whatever it is that is plaguing you this year. One book that was very helpful in, in my weight loss journey uh, was Made to Crave by Lisa Turkhurst. And in it, she says that uh, God actually wants us to have cravings, but he wants us to crave him. She says, we were made to crave, long for, want greatly, desire eagerly, and beg for God, only God. But the problem comes with, since we're sinners living in a sinful world, is that we replace that craving with other things instead of having just God. Yeah, it seems, because a lot of the times, the things of the world are more readily available to us than the things of God. Mm -hmm. You know, people will say, yeah, I just love reading the word and the word just comes to me. But a lot of you, I know the struggle is that you have to put in some effort. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to actually go to church and start worship. You know, sometimes you'll walk into church and it's like, well, I don't really feel joyous. But sometimes you have to start doing it. You actually have to start making those steps. The, the Bible in Proverbs says, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times we're trying to get our minds right and then try to do the action. And God's like, no, commit your works first. And then the thoughts that need to correspond will come afterwards. And sometimes we, we get bogged down in the mental stuff that prevents us. It keeps us in a rut from making the steps that we need to take and trying to reason rather than submit and surrender to God. Because it says here in this verse, it says, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. Like your physical body was made for the pleasure of God, to bring him pleasure, to glorify him. Like when you change that fundamental understanding of what my body was for, then that'll help you to see, well, oh, so my body, while I can experience pleasure and certain things are pleasurable to my body, the number one reason I, that God gave me a body wasn't to please me. Yeah. Once again, getting ahead, but good hey. stuff, Pastor D. Okay. <laughs> Let's keep going. Um, in verse 13, 
the second part it says however the body is not for sexual immorality but for the lord and the lord for the body so since it's in the passage today mm-hmm. let's talk about it let's talk about sex okay. why is it such a big deal what two consenting adults do when they are alone just so you all know this is just for discussion's sake i'm not saying i believe that but i, I just want to hear from you pastor why does it matter? Why is it such a big deal what two consenting adults do when they are alone? Well, obviously, from the scripture itself, we can see that our bodies were made by God. Mm-hmm. Our bodies are not our own. And everything that our body does, God has given a purpose and a reason for, in a right for righteous fulfillment. And so everything that we do, God has, it should be to the glory and honor of God, the one who gave us the body. Like, God gave me eyes. God gave me a nose. Like I should be using my eyes to see those things and to glorify God. You know, when I see the things in this world, like a sunset or a little baby, like it should bring me joy. He gave me eyes to see the world and everything in it. However, if you take the hands that God gave you and you ball them up into a fist and punch somebody in the face, that's a problem. Yes. If you take the secondary sex organs that you have that were made to bring life, and to fill the earth. Remember, he gave Adam and Eve a, a, a command. He said, go have dominion. You know, be fruitful and multiply. That was in that was in the context of a marriage between Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Like, you two, go ahead and do this. But we always know sin is in the camp when you take what God said and you twist it. And what, what happens to our bodies is that it was made for us. Sexual fulfillment was made for the marital covenant. God said, this is good. And I want it to exist. It functions best when it's here. Gasoline works best when it goes in the car in this way. Don't just pour gasoline on the car. (laughs) Put the gasoline in the tank, the gas tank. This will help you to travel and to do the things that you need to do, so to speak. But when we take sex out of those parameters and we do it, we, we, we allow the function of our organs to lead us and not the word of God. Yes, you can use it, but you're, you're going to dishonor God with your body at that point. You're dishonoring your master, the maker. And yes, you're functioning. Your body is functioning, but you're not fulfilling your purpose. And in the end, as we know, the Bible is filled with men and women who committed sexual immorality. And tell me how their lives turned out. Oh, yes. Even today, if you look at, you know, you think about a person who believes opposite of everything that you just said, you know, are they the person that you would look to to provide guidance in relationship matters? You know, I'm not talking about television. Television is going to paint it like you can sleep with any and everyone and you're just the strongest, you know, uh, pioneer for anything. Right. You can do all things. But people that you actually know, whether it's a coworker or a family member, if they've had issues in this area, you know, they, they have holes, they have gaps. There's things that affect them um, because sex is a physical act, but it also right. is a spiritual one. And it does involve things emotionally and mentally. And we can't pretend as though those things are not affected when we go outside of God's plan for yeah. us. Yeah, sex is a powerful thing. It's an enjoyable thing. And dare I say, it can bring it can bring you under its power. Mm-hmm. Just like anything, it's very, the Bible says in Song of Solomon over and over again, do not stir or awaken love until it pleases. There's a reason why. Don't stir that pot unless you're ready to cook. And it's just, <laughs> don't, my mom would say, don't window shop unless you're going to buy. Like mm-hmm. you stoke the flames of love 
before it's right when you try to get close to the flame and see how far you can go without getting burned. And again, the Bible says here, it says sexual immorality is a sin against uh, your own body. It says later on, it says it's, it's done against you later on in this passage in um, verse 18, it talks about sexual immorality actually going against your own body. And I just finished reading today uh, David's indiscretion with Bathsheba and what it led him to do afterwards. And that's a clear and present sign that in the scriptures of the effects, the reverberations of one act, one act on one night caused his kingdom so much pain and caused him to lose not just one child, but he'd end up losing his own son later on as a result of it. So um, sexual morality is a powerful thing. Once you get into it, um, it can be very powerful for both men and for women. And we know that it, it, it is, um, it's something that the Bible is filled with because the, the reason why we can say that it's powerful is not because of statistics. You look at Samson, you look at David, you look at the children of Israel themselves over and over again, sexual immorality was a problem. And it was one of the ways that, that other nations got them to commit a different sin, which was idolatry too. And so, you know, we're coming close to the end of this uh, first part of part one, really. I, I think there's still a lot for us to discuss about God and goals regarding body goals. It's not wrong, folks, to want to lose weight and be healthy. There's nothing wrong with that. We want you to pursue those things with this foundational truth that we brought out in this first part. Your body is not your own. Your body belongs to the Lord. So whatever plan, whatever goal, whatever thing that you want to achieve this year in regards to your body, consider, is this something that will glorify God? And what are the things that I'm doing with my body that are allowing me to come under its power? Are there any addictions? Are there any practices that I'm under its power and its sway? So we're looking forward to the second half of this part one, where we're talking about God and goals and the body. We hope that you'll tune in next week so that we can continue talking about it. And as always, keep, keep pressing, pressing on and, and keep, keep reaching, reaching in. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were engaged and encouraged. If you're hungry for more content, check out our ongoing Old and New Testament teachings available on our app or through our website calvarynn.church and follow us on social media. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the Reaching In podcast belong solely to those individuals themselves and do not necessarily reflect the views of Calvary Chapel, Newport News.